0: Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors
1: found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Your co-hosts, Jamie Albright and Sarah Rosette, couldn't be more different. In fact, they're a study in contrasts. However, despite all of their differences, they agree that sharing what they wish they'd known, both the good and the bad, is the key to moving forward. Let's get to the show.
0: Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And today, we're going to interview each other. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, um, what's going on this week for you, Jamie? Uh, nothing. Just work. You know, just
1: work. <laughs> just trying to get my my life, uh, in order and, uh, together and moving forward on this book. Yeah. I'm doing, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the crappy middle. And so that's always so hard. The saggy middle is awful. Yeah. I, I don't call it saggy. I call (laughs) it something else. (laughs) But we're keeping this a clean podcast. We're trying to keep this clean, so. (laughs) Yeah. It's, oh, and I just, I'll find myself getting really, pretty discouraged in the middle so yeah
0: yeah so I'm trying to keep my spirits up yeah yeah Yeah, me too um I'm just starting so that's always more exciting oh yeah that is exciting yeah trying to get back into the routine after the holidays and get everything going again so that's kind of yeah once everybody goes back to their normal routine it'll be a lot easier for me
1: you have kids in college so they or college and graduate school so they're coming home yeah
0: yeah, they invade, and then the house is so full. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, but yeah, yeah it's a totally cute. different routine. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so we're gonna interview each other and find out our deepest, darkest secrets, right?
0: Yes, yeah, sort of <laughs> within reason.
1: Within reason, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, why don't we talk about how we got into writing? So, um, okay, yeah. So
1: you go I'm first. Go, okay, I'll go first. Uh, I got into writing late in um, my life. I did not write anything until I was in my late forties. I uh, never really—I didn't have very good grammar, and so I never felt like I could write anything. But I like to tell stories, and so I—it was my reading buddies birthday and I thought I know I'll write Jennifer a book for her birthday because she doesn't care if I have bad grammar and it'll be a funny little joke thing and I don't know I just thought how hard can it be I had three months yeah as as
0: one does right (laughs) (laughs) and that's
1: that's what started it I wrote myself in a corner with that book really fast and then but she and I then talked about it and we sort of loosely planned my first book, the Running From a Rock Star," And it was awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. How about you?
0: Well, I've always loved to read and I was always thinking up stories and descriptions mm-hmm. of things, but I never really wrote them down that much. I had a couple of things that I wrote down when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I would never get past like chapter two. I got stuck in that saggy yep. middle, early yep. saggy yep. middle, Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I finally, I put that aside and I did all these other jobs where I used writing in my jobs mm-hmm. and, um, our kids were little and my husband started talking about one of us going back to school, to graduate mm-hmm. school, to get a degree. And my first thought instinctively was if I'm going to spend time on something, I don't want it to be going to graduate school. I want to write a book. And so.
1: Wow, that's so funny.
0: Yeah, and that, you know, it's like sometimes you come up against something, and that shows you what you really want, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, and I thought my life is only going to get busier from this mm-hmm. point on; it's not going to get less busy. So I right. just have to figure out a way to write, you know, sometime during the day. So, right. so I knew I wanted to write a mystery because I loved mysteries, and. Um, I just, I'd found cozies and they seemed to fit with me. And like I knew, I thought I could write one of those. and I thought I could possibly sell one of those because that was back in the traditional publishing days. And so Mm -hmm. I worked at it for a couple of years and went to writers conferences and finally um, got an agent and got the book finished, got an agent and they sold it. And so my first book came out in um, 2006. So got going then and and my whole goal the whole time was for this to be a career. I wanted to make money for my writing mm-hmm. and I wanted to have it be my job. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be like a little side hustle but for years that's what it was because right. it was traditional and you mm-hmm. just didn't make that much money with traditional mm-hmm. publishing. so mm-hmm. so that's kind of how I got into it.
1: Right. Well what was your first big success?
0: Well I would say it was after I transitioned to indie publishing and I managed to get a book bub. Because uh-huh. I, there were certain things that I really wanted to try and do with my traditional publisher, and I would suggest things, and then nothing would happen. And so when I got that book, Bub, and I, it was a, I think it was a paid one back mm-hmm. in the early, early days, mm-hmm. and I had a huge number of downloads. And I remember just thinking, "See, yeah. I am, I do know what I'm doing." <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool, and I felt yeah. like okay, I think I can make this work.
1: Right. So, for our read, our listeners—not our readers—our <laughs> listeners um, who may not know what a BookBub
0: is, can yeah. you tell them? So, BookBub is an advertising platform that you can apply to them, and they will advertise your book to their list of readers. So, they have this huge number of readers in very specific categories, and you can say, "I would like to advertise to mystery readers." And you put your book on sale; they promote it for you, basically, to their list. And it can just really um, just take you to a whole nother level, especially yeah. back then. This was in yeah. like twenty fourteen. Yeah. And yeah. 2015 I mean, they, for maybe. a long
1: time, they've been the holy grail of a- yes. advertising. Um, people say now they have a little bit of mixed results, but I still, I still think I yeah. still pay the money. If they yeah. take my money, I would still uh, do one because I think that they are pretty powerful still.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what about you? What was your first big success? I would
1: have to say my first book was my first big success.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a huge accomplishment.
1: It it is. It is. But you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't like I just put it up. I I spent a year learning indie publishing before I put the first book up. So I learned to advertise and I learned, I learned to um, identify my readers and, and uh, get the book in front of the right readers and write sort of to market. I really wrote the book I wanted to read. I was fortunate enough that there were a lot of other people that wanted Mm -hmm. to read that kind of book too. But yeah, that first book, um, it launched into the thousand, you know, I think it was a thousand thirty or something. And it was just crazy.
0: And it was so good. So, thank you. Thank yeah. you. But, it's awesome. Yeah,
1: so thank you. So yeah, it really I I really was just really fortunate. I worked really hard, but you know, there's always an element of luck mm-hmm. to those things too. So
0: Yeah, but you worked awfully hard to get yeah. there. I do.
1: I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is that, you know, being well, we'll talk about we'll come that to it. We'll come, yeah, to we'll that. come in.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um one of our favorite questions to ask everybody is Um, what was the biggest wish I'd known then moment? So do you want me to talk about that first or do you want to go first?
1: I'll I'll go first because I was about to say, so, so here's the deal. This is what I wish I'd known. I was older when I started this, had very little tech experience. And I really thought that I could not do the Some of the things that other authors were doing Mm -hmm. because I had, you know, so little tech experience, but I wish I'd known in those early days that I could do those things. You know, there's YouTube videos, there, there are other authors. And eventually that's what I got to, um, and had either friends help me or I've watched YouTube videos and learned to do it. I'd Mm -hmm. screw it up and then I'd do it right. But I let that sort of freeze me a little bit and not, um, maybe pursue some things that, that I could have done earlier, but I was afraid to do them yeah. because I didn't think I could learn to do them.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I came. used, yeah, I came from working in an office, you know, mm-hmm. lots of my jobs were office jobs and I was yeah. used to having somebody to go to, to say, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. When you're indie, you have nothing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you're on your own and YouTube is your friend. I've yeah. used that many times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's true. You can just learn anything on YouTube. So uh, I, and I've used it and, Yeah, the first big thing that I had to, first hurdle I had to jump was setting up my MailChimp and Mm -hmm. um, the Prolific Works link that Mm -hmm. I was using for a promo. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. I mean, I spent several days (laughs) trying to do it. I couldn't figure it out, and I just thought, well, I'm gonna have to give up. But then I thought, no, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can do this. And so I asked a friend to help me. We, I watched it bunch of YouTube videos and then you know the rest is history sort of thing but yeah it really kind of before I published I really sort of put some things aside thinking I won't be able to do those things I can do these things but I can't do those things because they required some tech stuff that I didn't know
0: but Mm -hmm. you see and look at you now you're like the ads guru lady
1: (laughs) which that is like I very think, yeah I, I mean it's I, very
0: detailed and there's lots yeah. of variables and yeah. you know you do great with that oh thanks thanks so,
1: yeah. yeah how about you what's your biggest wish i would known
0: well looking back I think I wish that I had not been so head in the sand with traditional publishing mm-hmm. and I had at least if I had had a clue what was coming with indie with the disruption mm-hmm. with ebooks I could have been doing some things ahead of time mm-hmm. because I just had no clue Yes. And the first I heard of it was a couple of my writer friends were talking about, they were able to pay their mortgage with their indie stuff. And I was right. like, you have got to be kidding me. Right. I mean, that was like good money. Mm-hmm. And one of them lived in California. So, you know, oh, it wasn't wow. cheap. And yeah. stuff. So I started thinking once I realized what was going on and I tested it out with a few short stories and I was making money and I was like, oh my gosh, but I had no content that I owned. I had no IP because yeah everything was licensed to my traditional publisher. So right. I essentially had to start over. So I came up, you know, I had a serious idea that the traditional publisher wasn't interested in. And so I decided, okay, I'll do that. And, you know, but if I had had a clue, I could have been preparing because I had friends that they were dropped by their publisher and they got their books back. And at that time, you know, that was like a horrible thing to happen. The worst thing that could happen. Yeah, so yeah. it was like the end of the world. But then mm-hmm. when indie came, they've had six books they put up. And they right. were immediately making money because right. there was so little content. Right. So, and I had to totally start over with like a newsletter because mm-hmm. back in the olden days, we had people sign up and they would give us their mailing address, mm-hmm. and we would send a postcard their address. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and if I'd had even a thought, I could have said, "Oh, here, also give me your email address," mm-hmm. you know, and I could yeah. have been collecting those. So it's right. so like I had to, like I was a brand new baby author starting over, even though I had people who we're looking for my books. Mm -hmm. I totally had to start over. So, so basically that's taught me. I'm not one of those people who thinks and looks to the future, Mm -hmm. but it's taught me to find people who are good at that (laughs) and listen to them (laughs) and listen to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then do what they say. Yeah. Basically just follow
1: along. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a mistake that turned out to be a good thing?
0: Oh, well, yeah, the indie thing, yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> see above. So yeah. basically, because, because I didn't see that coming, mm-hmm. I essentially had to start over. So yeah. I feel like in the end, that's been a good thing, because mm-hmm. like, I, now I have new content, and I've learned how to do all this myself. So right. it's, you know, if I could go back and do it a little bit differently, it would make the transition smoother, mm-hmm. but I'm very happy where I am. So, right, yeah. right. What about you?
1: Oh, so many things, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that one of the biggest is I, you know, Chris Fox is sort of my go-to when I have some publishing questions, and he's nice enough to answer my questions, but I, with my second book, I had asked him about, no, I had heard an interview with him about putting his book on pre-order, and back then, you really weren't because if you were in Kindle Unlimited, but I misunderstood and thought I should put my, first pick up, my second book up for pre-order at ninety nine cents, and yeah, and now was, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it turned it it turned out to be a good thing, but I remember messaging him and saying, "Hey, I just want to let you know that I've got like four hundred pre-orders." Uh, for my book at 99 cents, and he was like, uh, I never said to do, I wouldn't have done that, and I was like, oh my gosh, but it did turn out to be a good thing, and I think it really did help me in the ranks, and uh, that book launched below a thousand, and so uh, it didn't hurt me, but uh, yeah, I, that was, it turned out okay, it turned out to be a good thing, because I did uh, get a lot of readership I mean a lot of new readers but that book got to into a lot of hands because it was 99 Mm -hmm. cents and stuff but uh yeah (laughs) it turned out good but it was a mistake I shouldn't have done it so yeah
0: but that's but it was okay yeah and that's the thing is most things even though they're we look back and go oh that's not what we would have wanted to do but either we learned something from it or it maybe wasn't as bad as we thought yeah. it was going to be. So
1: yeah. I, I remember exactly where I was when I read the email from him that said I wouldn't have done that, <laughs> and I just stood there and went, oh, oh my gosh! Oh no! Again,
0: we're trying to keep this podcast clean. <laughs> there were some things that I can't repeat that we can't repeat right yeah, now. We yeah, we can't repeat them. Yeah,
1: that's
0: funny. So, well, so another one of our favorite questions is: um, um, Has there been something that you thought was a great idea? Like you were just so excited. And then later you look back and you went, Oh, that wasn't quite the best choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think mine has to be that same thing. Cause <laughs> I, knew, <laughs> I knew I was going to launch at 99 cents. I just, it was the pre-order that he wouldn't have put mm-hmm. the pre-order on it, basically. Mm-hmm. But that 99 cent launch, uh, yeah, I won't ever do that yeah. again. Uh, I well, just, so- uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, basically you did pre-orders before pre-orders were cool.
1: Yes, I did pre-orders before pre-orders were cool. And it did, I mean, the whole 99 cent thing did work. Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't do it again. I just, my books are worth more than that. I don't think I have to do that too. um, I'll tell you one that, well... Yeah, I just don't think I have to do that. I think yeah. that um, launching books at two ninety nine for me works really well. And yeah, that was a bad two weeks because <laughs> I had scheduled a bunch of promos <laughs> during that launch, so I couldn't raise the price. But I just was watching money fly out the window. I mean, literally, yeah. because I sold so many books. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I know that I would have probably sold the same amount at two ninety nine. Right. But Maybe. that only comes with experience. Yeah, so, only with experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, how about you? And you've tried it. Um, well for me, I think for me, something that I thought was really good, then later it turned out to be not so great, was um with my first series, my first book was called Elusive. And I thought it wasn't a cozy, it wasn't romance, it wasn't a thriller, it was like a it was classic romantic suspense, like a mm-hmm. throwback to Elizabeth Peters, Mary Stewart type of story. But there's nothing like that right now. There's no category like that in right. Amazon or on any of the bookstores. So I thought what I'll do is I'll put an illustrated cover on it because I want to appeal to cozy readers mm-hmm. because I want to pull some of them in if I can. Mm-hmm. And I'll put it in romantic suspense, in romance romantic suspense. And that way maybe I'll get some romance readers. Mm-hmm. So so I did all that. And my other thing was i there's all this stuff when you're traditionally published about having a non-compete clause and you don't want to compete with your books from your traditional publisher. So one thing I told my cover artist was to go in any direction, just not like my cozies, like Mm -hmm. make, make sure it doesn't look like a cozy. So it it didn't look like a cozy. And, um, I got, it got picked up by, um, iBooks one of their promotions, right. so I get the email from Draft to Digital, hey, it's gonna be in this promotion. So I go look at it on the day of the promotion, and there's my book, and it's an illustrated cover, fun, happy travel, and then every other book is a Manchester. Oh, and I'm like, oh. One thing is not like the other here. No, it is not. It
1: is not. And your books are not Manchester books. So. No.
0: And they're not romantic suspense right. the way it's defined now, you right. know? Right. So that was a mistake that I look back on and go, yeah, that did not need to be in that category. And I've since changed the covers and it took me a while to figure it out. And what happened was, um, I applied for that book club that I eventually got mm-hmm. and um, they said, well, we like it and we want, but we want to run it in cozies. And I was like, but it's not a cozy. And so the answer was basically that's the closest thing it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so yeah. that helped me figure that out. Girl so down, yeah. Yeah. So, and it doesn't really fit in any genre cleanly. So I think the lesson from that is just find the one you're closest to mm-hmm. and kind of go with that. So yeah. So yeah, that was my yeah, that could I could have done better on that. That was such a good
1: idea, but no, it didn't
0: notice. Yeah, I, thought I was being so clever. And the other thing I learned is don't try and pull readers from like here and here from romance and thriller and mystery, yeah. just focus on one. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: I agree. I yeah. agree. I always tell people that you can be somewhat unique, but you Really don't want to be that unique in your ca- in your genre. Your right. books, you know. I mean, if you're super unique, I mean, the worst thing anybody can say to me is, "Well, there's nothing like my book out there." I just <laughs> say, um, oh so, no!
0: So, yeah, just, you've got to fit in somewhere. Yeah, right. Because people want to be able to look at your book and go, "Oh, that's like X," yes. and that, and either I like X or I don't, and that helps them decide. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: When they're confused, they just move on to something. Yeah, exactly. So what are the biggest changes you've seen in the industry? You've been in a lot longer than me.
0: Um, Well, I would say like with indie publishing, Mm -hmm. I feel like when we first started, like that series that I wrote, that was Mm -hmm. like kind of a mashup of everything I ever wanted to write. I feel like we were all like Julie Andrews in the beginning of Sound of Music where she's (laughs) running around with her arms out, you know, swinging (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, we can awesome. write anything we want. Yay. You know, we're just so happy. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like that's kind of how we, we felt in the beginning, or that's mm-hmm. how I felt. I was like, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I feel like gradually we've transitioned through this time where we are becoming more like publishers. Mm-hmm. We're thinking, because now we've got the whole right to market thing where mm-hmm. people Even I was like, oh, you know, if I just wrote a straight cozy, I would probably sell more books. And Mm -hmm. it was true. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're kind of transitioning to this where we take a more publisher like approach. Mm -hmm. But I think we have the advantage that we can temper it and say, I might make more money doing this, but I really don't want to do that. So I'll put this different spin on it, but I'll still keep it close enough to this genre that I can make money, you know? Right. right. So I feel like that's a big thing. I feel like. Like there's been the rise of advertising Mm -hmm. and, you know, back when I started, you just, there really was no book, buff. there was nothing that you could do to To
1: get your books in front of people. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be mine. Um, you know, I think, especially in romance, I think for a long time and still, a lot of authors really depend on that release, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, to, you know, releasing fast so you can Mm -hmm. keep your books, um, visible and you right. keep your income up. Yeah. And I don't do that. Um, I, I release fairly slowly. So I have seen more people start to advertise more. Um, people are a lot more advertising savvy, marketing mm-hmm. savvy than they have been. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest changes just in mm-hmm. two and a half years, really, oh, yeah. really in the last year. Uh, yeah. that I've seen people, really looking at their backlist looking at all the books they have to make the money not just that new release and Mm -hmm. i think that's true not just in romance i guess but but i know i mean i really can only speak to romance because that's what i write but Mm -hmm. i think that that's one of the biggest changes i've seen yeah i agree half years
0: yeah 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 i think that's very true All right. So last question, what's the biggest thing you've done to set yourself up for success, writing, Um, marketing, whatever you, whatever you'd like to talk about. For me,
1: I, taking that year to learn indie publishing Mm -hmm. really set me up and, and what it helped me do. And then uh, it helped me know that I needed a newsletter before I launched my book. Mark Dawson is, Mm -hmm. he used to say that all the time and, I would get kind of mad because I don't, I didn't have anything to give anybody, but I was able to get into a promotion that they promoted the first three, well, it was a preview of the book. They don't, those are harder to do now, but at the time those really worked and I was able to get 1200 people on my email list before my book launched and that helped me to get my book in front of the right readers from day one. And that was huge, just completely huge for me. So yeah, I I really do sort of attribute most of the success I've had to that one thing, because without that, I would have, my book would have floundered trying to find an audience. And so being able to start with an audience really helped. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I agree. What about you? Um, I think for me, Just being able, being willing to pivot and say, Mm -hmm. okay, this, like, like looking at being traditional and then looking at indie and saying, man, this looks like it could be a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just going ahead and doing that. And, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I would always test things out. Like I tried Mm -hmm. it with short stories and I was like, okay, I think this is going to work. Yeah. Because you're pretty cautious. Me, I would have yeah. just jumped right in. But <laughs> see, you're, pretty... you're cautious too. You took a year. <laughs> so yeah, yeah but I do differently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like very risk averse. Mm-hmm. So yeah. but um like doing that and then like deciding to do to launch the new series, the historical, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the uh, prevailing wisdom is a series is good. But a long series is better. So like if you can have 10, 15 books, you know, you right. can really, you can sell that first book and right. make lots of money in the sell through. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple of series that had six, seven books and I thought, no, I really want to try this historical. So right. I started with that and that's basically starting over in a new genre, mm-hmm. but I've loved it. And I think it's been business wise. It's been, it's like my best selling series. Mm-hmm. So I think just being able to maybe stay on one track and learn what you need to, but then pivot a little bit if you need to right. switch to something new. Not being
1: afraid to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that the authors who are able to pivot are the ones that are going to ha- have the longest success, you know, the yeah. the longest career, the, the, the more success because things change all yeah. the time. yeah I was gonna say nothing ever stays
0: the same right yeah
1: you're Kindle unlimited like I am I mean we could wake up tomorrow and get it with an email that says things are different 100% and so the authors that are going to stick it out are the ones that can pivot and not lose their minds yeah I mean we're all going to lose our minds we're going to be in the fetal position but it's the ones that can crawl out of the fetal position and do something different uh, are the ones that are going to
0: yeah, I think, I think that's understood. what you have to do. I mean, yeah. in, in any business, you have to be able to t- kind of go with the flow. And I mm-hmm. think publishing has gone from like, you know, change at the speed of like ice age, you know, yeah. it's just like glacially yeah. slow. Yeah. And now it's like so fast. It's like things are changing like every week. There's mm-hmm. a new trend, a new philosophy, a new mm-hmm. thing to try. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you kind of have to roll with it and figure out what works for you. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. And try to not lose your mind Yes, every time something changes, which yes. is hard. It's yeah. hard to do, you know, because our livelihoods are kind of tied up in this. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think that's, those are good, good things to um, kind of set yourself up for
0: being successful. Yeah. So, and we're going to ask these questions and similar questions to our guest and get their mm-hmm. take on it. And we hope you'll tune in again and get the, their, their thoughts and their feelings on what they wish they had known then.
1: Yes. So we'll see you next time on Wish I'd Known Then podcast. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for
0: listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.